0: for those of you who are fitness instructors, um, you know, it's think back to when you were going through your program, you know, where they required teaching hours. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you had to teach a body and you were like, like a oh, real blah, 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 blah. body? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know,
1: <laughs> like,
0: uh, all the things that I think I know that I don't really know now that I'm trying to call on them, you know, and you know, you know, at the end of the session, the person was still okay, you know, they might have actually had a good workout, who knows, you know, and and for you, you know, now you're going away from it going, all right, here's what I'm going to do next time, right?
1: Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. Welcome back to the Be It Till You See It interview recap, where my co-host in life, Brad and I, are going to dig into the profound conversation I had with Alex in our last episode. It was freaking profound. Alex Street. Alex Street. Yes. Absolutely. And if you haven't yet listened to that interview, feel free to pause this now. Go back and listen to that one and then come back and join us. Or be like me. Listen to this whole thing. Love him so much that you have to go back and listen to all the other gems we didn't bring up in this episode. So, okay, several of you have been Instagram DMing me on the Be It Pod because you've been seeing all this awesome stuff with the Hunter With Me Challenge happening. And I wanted to just tell you the Hunter With Me Challenge is awesome. It happens a couple times a year. We will do it again this year. So no FOMO, just make sure that you are on the list. It is one of my favorite things to do. It is a 30 day consistency challenge. So you, it's like one of the most funnest challenges out there because you decide how often you're going to do Pilates. You make a schedule and every single week we do a live class together, a hangout session together. We give away prizes. People share how many times they're going to do their workout and it's basically. You deciding what your new routine is going to be, and then practicing it.
0: Yeah, and look, depending on when you're listening to this, you probably could still jump in, although it might be closer to the end. But like Leslie said, it's definitely something that happens uh, uh, two, three times a year, mm-hmm. and uh, you can get on the list and join us for the next round. But it, it is, it is pretty awesome, and and I do Pilates during the challenge too. Yes,
1: so. he does. He picks how often he's going to do it. He <laughs> makes the schedule. He posts when he does it and, and it's, it's just really fun. And the whole idea is just to help you have accountability in showing up for yourself. So yeah, so that's the answer to that question. And I'm really excited about it. I love the hunter with me and I can't wait till the next one.
0: Awesome. Well, I think we had an audience question. Uh, this week we did, my dear.
1: I love audience questions. You can send us your questions at the Be It Pod on Instagram.
0: Yes, you can just send us a DM.
1: Yeah, just any DM. Ask any question you want.
0: Questions can be about anything.
1: Anything. Yeah. Talk. Ask us about our dogs. Life. Yeah. Life. Business. Business.
0: Sleeping.
1: Oh, I have so many things on routine, sleeping, water intake. I've got water. Brad and I are on a. 3 liter minimum take a day right now. Welcome to Desert Life, which brings us to,
0: why did we move to Vegas?
1: This is such a good question. I think um I I I hope we don't disappoint the person who's asking this. Only because I remember coming to Vegas and going, I will never live in Vegas. Why would anyone live here? Do you remember when we were here? I don't know what year it was. Maybe a year after we've been married, maybe two. And we came to see your friends perform. Both of Brad's friends were headliners on the strip in two different shows. Like, badass couple. Yeah, they're married, both
0: the leads, in shows here in town Yeah, in Vegas. And separate shows, both the
1: Both the leads. Pretty amazing. And uh, they had this their dream house, everything, and they were like, and their shows, they both found out were being canceled at the same time, <laughs>
0: yeah, and within weeks of within a week, two weeks of each other, they found out both shows were closing.
1: yeah, so we we wanted to see them. so we came out to Vegas to see them both perform before the shows closed. And I remember being it was a Labor Day weekend, and I remember being, it's like so hot and it's so smoky and like why who lives here, right?
0: I do remember thinking it was oppressively hot
1: oppressively hot,
0: right but I also remember thinking that they had a really beautiful home.
1: They had a gorgeous home and we like living in l a their home was multiple millions of dollars in l a because it had a pool and it had a view and it had a bungalow it had a, a
0: garden with a water fountain in the middle of it I had, mean,
1: yes and they had like this like uh, it's like a guest house, like a carriage house or your like mother-in-law suite or whatever you call it. It's like a separate room that we stayed in with our own bathroom. Oh yeah. And so just coming from LA, that exists in the multiple millions, does not exist in the one million or under. No. And so anyways, it was 2019 at Christmas. We were doing our pop-up tour for OPC. So we were literally driving across the country to get home for the holidays and stopping in eight cities to teach Pilates, which was so much fun. And our first stop was Vegas because my brother lives here. And I remember we were sitting on the strip having breakfast and we asked my brother, do people live here and not work on the strip? Right. Which is such a dumb question because we lived in L.A. and people live in L.A. who are not in the industry. Of course. But like, you know, you just fathom it. And he's like, of course, totally. And so we started doing some research and we're like, well, we'll probably move here in like 2022.
0: Yeah. Well, I think also before we decided that, we then went to teach at that workshop, and when we found the arts district, we were like, this is so
1: cool. This, that was true, and it was so cool. We had this great coffee. It was amazing. They still are here, and they have great coffee. And so we were like, yeah, you know what? Probably let's start looking 2021, 2022. Yeah, because our we're 20, really in a hurry. No, our 2020 schedule was so packed. Every single month we're in a different country. And so we <laughs> well we almost happened in 2020 and y'all we lived in a 500 square foot apartment with ourselves and two dogs and when you can't go sit at a bar and work and you can't go to your favorite gym and you can't go to your favorite Pilates like you can't or
0: coffee shop or even friends' house or I mean, friends' houses like, like like everything changed and our entire world revolved around our 500 square foot apartment. And we that made no sense.
1: And I was sitting on my meditation chair using suitcases to make a desk. And I was like, we're moving now. (laughs) (laughs) So we we were, you know, the reality with Vegas is it's four hour drive from L.A. We could get so much space for what we were paying in L.A. And it was such a an easy decision because we still go to L.A.
0: Well yeah, I mean I, I 100% we I miss LA, I love LA. It's my favorite place. But um Vegas is not far and Vegas also has an international airport.
1: Yes, it was very we had a couple decisions like we had a we did contemplate like Hollywood Florida and then our friends who we love Flew from Hollywood, Florida to our house in Cambodia, and their route sounded tragic.
0: Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was a bit much. I was like, wow, ours is so much better. Yeah, I
1: was like, can't do that. And and you can fly from Vegas to Asia in a stop. So that was pretty much the killer of Florida being an option for us. But um, so yeah, Vegas. We've moved here for space. We moved here because we could keep so much of our LA life. Yeah, like the some of the best LA restaurants are here. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's tons of food here. There's, you know, the the only thing that we didn't have here really was a community.
1: Oh, I didn't say humidity, but.
0: Well. Yeah. I, yeah, then, so there's lots of differences, but I I think when you're, you know, like like we we there was all these positives for moving here, but the 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 true negative of moving here was. Community.
1: Yeah. we didn't really
0: have friends here.
1: No. And L.A. is this interesting mirage of a community because you have a community, but it is as transient as Vegas is. And people move all the time. And what we yeah. also realized within a lockdown was like how easy that community could just kind of Go away too, and so we're still. Oh, sure. Bo-
0: Even in LA, our community really
1: had really dwindled.
0: Yeah, because we weren't the only ones moving away. No. <laughs> right. So. No. Yeah.
1: So I mean, we're still working on the community here. I had a great coffee date the other day. I feel good about the community we're building, and our neighbors are awesome. So yeah, if they're I, listening. We love you. It,
0: <laughs> it, I, I would say I would say it's unique in that we have neighbors that we actually know. That wasn't something that we had in LA, no. and here. I I mean, we know almost all of our our neighbors, so it's it's very interesting. They bring
1: us bread. They clearly don't know that I'm gluten and dairy-free, but...
0: (laughs) But they're friendly. What a weird concept.
1: They're so friendly, and also, side note, when we were traveling last Christmas and there was, like, a water situation happened on our roof, our neighbors, like, called us up, and they're like, hey, there's a water thing happening on your roof. We know you're not there, and we're like, that is so cool. Do you know what no one would have done in L.A.? No one <laughs> would have
0: called. <laughs> we would have gotten a call from the manager when the downstairs neighbor had a leak coming through their ceiling.
1: Yes. So, okay. Anyway, anyway, that's thank you for that question. Great question. You're we went awesome. down memory lane there. That was so fun. <laughs> we actually haven't talked about that with many people. No one really asks. So thank you for that. All right. Send your questions in to be at pod on Instagram and we will ask them on the next episode. Yeah. Before we talk about Alex Street, oh, I love him so much. I just want to remind you that it is important to prioritize yourself and it is really hard to do that until you practice it. Like prioritization of self is like anything. It's a muscle, especially if you're not used to doing it. And so I want to help you do it. And by that, I mean, I want you to go to com slash be it and sign up for a free class. It's 30 minutes. You can do 15 minutes if that's all you want to do. But the act of you logging in, pressing play, and moving your body. It is not only connecting your mind to your body and helping you do life better. It is telling yourself that you come first. And so go to onlineplottiesclasses.com slash be it. That's onlineplottiesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T to get that class and practice your prioritization.
0: Awesome. All right. Time to talk about... Alex Street, I really love I this love guy. He's so, uh, uh, gentle. Like, I know. his, his demeanor and everything about him is friendly and approachable. Uh, I
1: just like, he's like a teddy bear, but he's not, doesn't look like a teddy bear, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, you just want to bring him with you. Just want to have him there. Like,
0: he, he's, he's just a lovely human being. And we had a chance to meet him, uh, in 2019. And I I must say, I wrote this bio myself. Um, I did not take anything uh, from any bio that he had given us. Uh,
1: Check out the show notes if you want the real one. <laughs> Alex- <laughs> but this is going to be so good because Brad is the best edifier of people. Alex Street
0: was born to be on stage. Total. His acting career st- uh, took him into the ministry where he became a youth pastor teaching teenagers, uh, which put him on stage every single week for more than 10 years. Every single week, he was on stage for 10 years. He has since become a speaking coach, working with everyone from those working in sales to those who are pitching products to executives leading teams. And he's so darn good at it. I'm not kidding. Every time we talk to him.
1: I can't believe you said darn. He's damn good.
0: He's damn good. Well, <laughs> I, we have had him. Okay. First off, we've seen him speak a couple times at that conference. We've had him in two times as a webinar guest. Yes. He and, has two
1: courses on, on ProfitAplaudies.com. And then
0: now, a, yes, two courses on Com, and then now as a podcast.
1: And we're going to get, we haven't gotten to our, our favorite parts yet, but I just have to give him a little bit of a plug because he 100% deserves it. Um, many, many, many of my agency members, which is our coaching mastermind for fitness instructors, have hired him for one-on-ones or joined his mastermind, and they are going on the radio and they are doing amazing posts on their social media. And he he makes speaking well, he makes speaking magical, which is his fucking thing. So <laughs> that's cool. somehow he made yeah. me say that without even knowing. Okay, so <laughs> let me get into what I loved about the interview. Yes. You're not born with confidence. Showing up creates confidence. (sighs) I think I need to say it one more time. You're not born with confidence. Showing up creates confidence. So this actually is a really interesting thing because I have so many people who ask me, how are you so confident? I wish I was as confident as you. And I am scared to death most of the time. Like doing the interview with Alex, y'all, I've not been a podcaster before the interview. I was so scared. I was like, I literally was so grateful that Alex was the person because I knew, okay, he he can carry a conversation. If I totally freeze up, he can carry it. The act of doing it is what's made me confident, right? Sure. So um, what I think people see in other people that is confident, probably just higher self-esteem or a little bit of courage and bravery that you can have. It's the... You know, I was uh you can you can be confident on skis and not confident on a snowboard, right? How do you get confident on snowboard? You show up and put your feet on the snowboard. I have not done that yet, but this is how it works. So I really challenge all of you, if you're seeking confidence in an area, it doesn't come from waiting. It doesn't come from thinking about it. It doesn't even come from plotting about it. At some point you're gonna have to just fucking do it. And then when it's over, and you realize you didn't die, <laughs> you're gonna be so much more confident the next time you do it. Brad, what is one thing that you love?
0: I think it's it's really incredible to just conceptualize the showing up part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I, you know, I I I know that there's this idea of like education versus experience. Yeah. You know, and and. You can be, you can study and be completely, you know, book smart and all the things, but until you actually go out and do it, you know, you're still going to have this fear. Alternatively, you can never study anything and just go do it. And like, you know, I mean, you still have fear there, but like you can learn it on the job, right? That's the kind of the way I think about it is like, I didn't go to college for it, but I learned it in my job, right? Yeah. From a career perspective. Yeah. Um. That, that, uh. Going through and doing it, actually being in it and doing it, is going to create that confidence for you. And so it's so funny when we're contemplating, uh, you know, talking to a stranger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you get over the fear of it? You got to just go talk to a stranger, right? Yeah. And when you do that, the first thing you're going to realize is you don't know what to say, you know, and you 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 sound silly and you 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 know you forget things and, and like nothing makes sense. But at the end of that conversation, they didn't punch you in the face. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're, you know, they didn't slash your tires. Everything's fine. Like you know, is it, so who's dramatic today? <laughs> I mean, basically, the world did not end. You're fine. Like even though you made a made a fool out of yourself, even yeah. you're still alive. You're still breathing. Everything's gonna be all right. Probably, if it's a stranger, you never have to see that person again anyway. And it's no big deal. But you walk away from that thinking, okay, I can do this again. Next time I'm going to be prepared, but I can do this. Yeah. It wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. So I love that, um, you know, that, that idea of showing up creates confidence. But uh, one thing he talked about a bunch, which I, which I thought was interesting, he kind of hit on it a few times during the interview. Uh, at first, right on the gate, he said he felt like he was living two different stories
1: I know, this was so fascinating.
0: Uh and I didn't really understand what he meant until later on in the pod where he started talking about um his transition from being a youth pastor to being a speaking coach.
1: Such a great story. You you'll definitely want to listen to this one. And it made I mean it made sense to me
0: at that point where I was like, Oh, I totally got it. He he was clearly confident being a pastor, being on stage, you know, teaching, leading you know, whatever, all the things. And then when it came to selling himself as a speaking coach, he was not confident. And he he was like it put me in a position where I felt out of sorts. You know, where I felt like I I I I shouldn't be introducing myself as uh, you know, a a, a speaking coach. I should I should be introducing myself as a youth pastor. Right? And so then later on in it, he actually said, uh, you know, I probably like like since since uh, the great story that I'm not going to repeat, you got to go back to the other pod and listen to it. But he he had this experience of uh, uh, telling everyone he was a youth pastor, even though that wasn't his plan. And afterwards, he realized he should be marrying the two. I am a speaking coach because I was a youth pastor and suddenly it validates like it's the authority you know like like like, you know when it comes to social triggers and and proof and all the things like why would he be a speaking coach oh well because I've been a youth pastor for 10 years I've been on stage (laughs) more than 500 times I have spoken to 10 uh, groups of 10,000 like mind blow what Validation all day long. Yeah, you know. So this idea of being in two different worlds, I thought was really interesting.
1: I really, I, I totally resonated with that because when I was learning to become a Pilates an instructor and I was managing a retail shop, and I had a really hard time telling people that I was becoming a Pilates instructor. Sure. And a, because I didn't, I didn't know if I'd make a Pilates instructor. I did, I just was like taking the classes, and B, like. I just felt like, well, I just started, so maybe I shouldn't be... Maybe I can't call myself that. And it was, like, such a weird thing. And then one day, a client that I was teaching came to my shop. And she brought her friends up. And here's all the girls that work for me. There's a couple customers there. And it's like, this is my Pilates instructor. And, like, cat was out of the bag. And then it was so funny. It's are like, you teach Pilates? And <laughs> I'm like... I couldn't believe it because more people were so excited. I don't know what I was thinking that people would think. And I think that was fascinating that it's like you don't know what people are going to say. So then you just think, assume the worst, which is such a weird thing.
0: Like, or, or we have this idea that we need to separate two worlds yeah. somehow. Yeah. Like I'm never going to tell anyone here about, you know, <laughs> that I whatever play, play sports or that I do this or that I am a podcast host or whatever. You know, they get you get stuck in this this idea of lanes. Yeah, but no, you're still you.
1: You're still you, and people love you no matter what it is you do. And also, people inherently want to support you. Like this woman who was teaching me, she didn't think, "Oh, I'm blowing her cover." She thought, "I love this girl, and how she's taught me Pilates." And so, and then everybody else is just like. I just, this is so. We love you, and this is so cool that you're doing this. They didn't go, oh, she's gonna leave us, and well, my boss wasn't there, but the other people, (laughs) the other people weren't like she's gonna leave us. You know, they were just like, this is so cool, good for you. Like, I think we underestimate how much people want you, want us to be like, in air quotes, successful. I think it's happy. They want us to be happy. Um, Brad, tell me. In the action items.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the be it. Let's talk about bold, executable, intrinsic, or targeted action items that we took away from your conversation with Alex. Um, I I was actually – this is not something that I guessed he was going to say.
1: Um, no, but I love that you chose this <laughs> as your thing because – are you going to tell your story?
0: Um. I can't. Okay. I wasn't planning it, but I, t- I certainly <laughs> can
1: uh, Tell the tell the a bridge tell the 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 Blinkist version.
0: I'll tell the Blinkist version. They're they're not sponsoring this, but I'll still tell them. Uh, well, first off, Alex said, straight up, get a coach. And he said, if you can't get a coach, put yourself in a room where you can connect with people who maybe they could become a coach, right? And he his his uh. He said it was bold in that he had to spend money to do it,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And executable was just simply getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what he said about intrinsic and targeted, but he he literally spelled out why getting a coach was all four things. He was so awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, but I but I was surprised that that was what he chose um, until I realized that I think that was a uh, for 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 him and and his experience. That was the, sh- the, the, the point of change yeah. for him where his belief, his confidence, everything about it really shifted. And, and I agree with him. I mean, when you put yourself in a, a position to be coached, um, I mean, we all went to college, we all, you know, high school, college, we all were, we've all been a student before. Um, you know, and then we get past, we get out of that and we think like, all right, I guess I have to go figure it out on my own you know, or you learn on the job or whatever, you know, maybe it's been 10, 20 years since you've been in school. But when you put yourself in a position to be coached, it's this interesting mindset shift, um, you know, where you can uh, suddenly change your life, you know, and and that, that coach could be, you know, dedicating yourself to a podcast. That coach could be actually getting a coach. Maybe... That coach is someone in your family. Maybe you're hiring someone, you know, uh, it could it be could, a mentor, or whatever.
1: It could be your polize instructor.
0: Could be your polize instructor. <laughs> but whatever it is you're trying to do, you know, uh, having a mentor, having someone, someone who, uh, has been where you're trying to go is so valuable. Um, you know, because you're allowing them to be an authority and obviously, hopefully, <laughs> You know, you trust them.
1: Of yeah, you should definitely pick someone who understands, like, you resonate with, that you vibe with. Don't pick someone that you don't, you know. Um, but I think, like, I love that he said get a coach because I think so many people are like, I'm going to do it on my own. And it's, like, something that I – okay, this is really funny. Somebody bought me a birth chart reader for my birthday back when I was, like, just coming out of being homeless. And I was like, really, that's what you want to do with 170 bucks? (laughs) Like, I'll take it. (laughs) So I sent this guy a picture of me, my birth date, my birthplace, and the time I was born. And then we did an hour-long call where he basically told all the stuff about myself. And he said, you've gone as far as you can on your own. Hmm. Whatever, what ideas do you have that you could partner up with? And like, this is at a time I had, I had some friends, but it's LA acquaintances. And I lost a lot of my in air quotes, close friends when I left my ex. And so like, I was building my friendship up. And I was like, I don't know, I'm blogging on dating with a friend. And there's this other thing. He's like, you need to say yes to anything that's in collaboration, you are, you can't go any further. And so that's when I started looking at, at some collaborations and I started looking at coaching and I couldn't afford coaching, but I would listen to any podcast that had any coaching advice whatsoever. And I would just pretend like I'm in partnership. We're a duo. <laughs> this person is my friend is my coach. And, and, and um, I, I, I love that you picked this because it's so easy for us to say, Oh, I don't want to, I, I can't spend that money. And I'm not saying go out and get yourself a $10,000 coach or hire us or anything like that. A coach can even be like, Setting yourself up for a membership of some kind that like hold you accountable. It can be, sure. it can be, it can be a mentor that is just someone you you say, can you be my mentor? My friend has a mentor. She doesn't pay him. She has dinner with him once every four to six weeks, yeah. and she can text him if there's a problem. Some people like to be mentors, and she was a lawyer and he was a lawyer, and so you know, there's these different things, and some people like to do that. So I love that because it's basically like you don't have to do this alone.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think I think there's so many uh so many positives to getting a coach. So it was great to hear him say that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay. What about you? Well, so I love that he said sometimes you have to do it for yourself to get you through it. And I, okay, so this is being it, right? Um. One of my questions I ask myself whenever I'm scared to do something or whenever I'm not really sure if I should do something is I really just ask myself what's the worst thing that can happen. And when I realize mm. that I'm not gonna die.
0: I think we covered that. Yeah. No one's gonna slash your tires.
1: No one's gonna <laughs> slash No, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, this is a competition on who could be more dark. When I realize I'm not gonna die <laughs> then it makes it a like it almost kinda makes it like less scary because I like Fear is this funny thing in our brain. Everything sounds like end of the world, but when you put it out there and you're like, well, the worst thing that can happen is I embarrass myself. It doesn't work, blah, blah. But if you can't die, then really you're just going to like, like maybe you fall, but you don't like nothing actually structurally damaging forever is going to happen to you. It kind of takes the edge off and it makes it easier. And you know, it goes back to, if you listen to one of our first episodes where I talked about Amy Cuddy and like being it till you see it and why this thing is here. It's like, you got to go do the thing and just get through that first one. Yeah. Because then you're on the other side and you can look back and go, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it can get better. And here's what I learned.
0: Yeah. I think it's like, I mean, really, it's like, it's not that practice makes perfect, but practice will put you in a position where you are gaining confidence. No, right? practice
1: makes habit and <laughs> habit makes more more confidence for sure.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so like sometimes, you know, even if you're uh, not ready to, I just go back to selling because that's what I, you know, do. But, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you're, you might not be ready and, you know, you, you flub it halfway through, but you did it for you. It's a big step in your own growth to go get out there and go do it. Yeah. I mean, come on, I, I think for those of you who are fitness instructors, um, you know, it's think back to when you were going through your program, you know, where they required teaching hours. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you had to teach a body and you were like. Like a oh, real blah, 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 blah. body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like
0: uh, all the things that I think I know that I don't really know now that I'm trying to call on them, you know, and, you know you know, at the end of the session, the person was still okay. You know, they might have actually had a good workout, who knows, you know, and, and for you, you know, now you're going away from it going, all right, here's what I'm going to do next time. Right. And.
1: Oh, totally. And here's the other thing. It's like, if you're not a fitness instructor, you're like, okay, how does this apply to me? Think about like, if you're trying to start something that is a new routine, for example, just think back to the last time you started a new routine that you have, like go back, like if you've been running every day, like when did you start running? Yeah, it was freaking hard to get up that first day and go for a run. And you probably are panting more than you wanted. You might've even gotten lost. Maybe I'm speaking for me, right? (laughs) And you may have realized like, okay, that didn't go the way I wanted, but I'm still here. And I, Kind of enjoyed it, so I'm going to try again.
0: Remember when you got lost in St. Louis in, like, 30-degree weather with the dogs? Oh, my
1: God. I was running around in circles, everyone. It was one of those, like, developments, and, like, every house looked the same. And I literally got lost, and I had to go search through a text message. I had to text you for the ad. I was like, where are we staying? Whose house are we at? And then I had to Google Maps it. Thank God we were in the country, and I wasn't on, like, in Cambodia with no Wi-Fi, like, out lost. Yeah. Anyways, the point is that you need to just do it for yourself to get you through it so that you can take the next step. And whatever it is, rip the frickin' Band-Aid off. The sting only hurts a little bit. All right. All right. That's that's the name of this episode. <laughs> rip off the Band-Aid. Well, my dear, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. We are so grateful you're here. And please just a huge favor. Screenshot this. Share your takeaway. Tag the Be It pod. Let us know what you loved about it. Send us to a friend who like needs a little pick-me-up or a Band-Aid rip-off moment. And um, keep us posted on what you're doing and by sending a DM on Instagram. We will catch you on the next episode. Until then, be it till you see it. Bye.
0: Cheers.
1: That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast.